Coming to you from our opulent and luxurious 4x8 refurbished broom closet at the National Headquarters in Indianapolis. With duct tape, studio lights, and a mic that you barely can hear, we hope to entertain and educate you. This is the Tango Alpha Lima Podcast. They call me crazy because I'm facing all my giants. They try to scare me into thinking I can fight it. They tell me I should never even think of trying. But that's just me. I'm going to live out in defiance. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back to the Tango Alpha Lima podcast, your oasis in a sea of coronavirus. I'm joined, as always, by my two co-hosts, Ashley Garbolja-Maldonado from our nation's capital in Washington, D.C., and the seeming supervillain of Michigan, uh, the former Marine and world record Crayola Crayon eating champion, Jeff Daly. Guys, hello. Wow, that was... Hello. Wow, I, that is That is some mask. Before we get too far down the road <laughs> of uh, Jeff and his outfits and his obviously well-upgraded backdrop and everything else, want to remind you guys, subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. Um, you can watch us on the American Legion's YouTube page. And whatever you do, go out there and tell us how we're doing because we can't fix it if we don't know what's wrong with it. So guys, uh, this morning as I was trying to distract myself from the Corona 15 to 30 pound uh, weight gain where I'm morphing into a bearded Peter Griffin here, <laughs> I turned to ESPN to try to get some you know, release from the uh, normal Corona activities. And their top story this morning was about Ben Roethlisberger, the quarterback of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, was the story about his preparation for the season? No. Was the story about a new contract that Ben's working on? No. Was it about him working out with a new wide receiver from Notre Dame that they drafted? No. It was about it was about the fact that he flaunted the Pennsylvania quarantine rules and went out and got a haircut and had his beard trimmed. Now, I kind of empathize with him because, as anybody who is a Facebook friend of mine knows, I attempted to give my sons a haircut this weekend and one of them looks like a mangy dog that escaped, and he will not let me anywhere near him with a set of clippers. But, Jeff, you and I had talked about this this morning, and you saw the story. Was well, the, it, the, To back up the here, the, is, the governor the of Pennsylvania okay. actually bashed Roethlisberger and saying, I don't care who you are, you can't break quarantine for a haircut. Jeff, you saw that haircut. Was it worth it? Well, uh, I think... I think the missing part of the story is the fact that Ben Roethlisberger's style of haircut could be done in the birthing of a ship in the middle of a storm. Right. It is not. It is not an intricate uh, haircut, and he didn't need. I think he was going out to get some uh, some PR because he li- clearly does not need a professional to get the haircut that he's got. It, it was the number two guard. That's all it was. Like, it wasn't <laughs> like he got some perfectly formed quaff of hair done. He literally got the number two guard haircut. Crazy. Crazy. Ashley, did you even see it? Do you even know who we're talking about? Listen, I cut my husband's hair, so I do know how to do a high and tight. Oh, it's sharp. And I can cut hair, but I did see pictures of your son. So oh. was was not good. It was not, really not, not good. Great, but he literally has it tufts of back. hair. That's what I tell people. It grows that, back. And, I used and to I'm have not, a pixie haircut. It grows back, people. Uh, and I'm not jeopardizing the kids too. I don't need him to hate me right from Jump Street. So if he's got tufts of hair, he's just gonna have to learn to live with it. 
you know, what I, I wanna, you know what I want to see? I want to see the people out there who have home cut their hair post pictures of that on uh, on Facebook because I want Mark to feel better about himself and what he's done to his son. Well, the one son just sat there quietly, and I gave him a mohawk, and it worked great. And the other one just started screaming, and now he's got <laughs> splotches all over his head. And, I mean, he doesn't care. Like, it's crazy. But He's fine, but it's <laughs> – you look at him, and you're like, well, this is my dose. This is my laughter for the day. Yeah, not Thumbs a great up. look. Not a great look. Gosh. All right, guys, let's get into it. Topic one. We are going to you, Ashley, to start this one out. And I want to note right up front that this is the reality as of today at the time we are taping this. So it probably is going to change here in the next week. But give us what we know at this moment. Awesome sauce. Thank you so much. So uh, in the intro, you all mentioned that I was a National Guardsman. Very true. Did that for eight years. So I know if you shall, I've been there, done that. So National Guard benefits are a little bit different than that of active duty. So um, what's interesting is there's been a lot of articles that have surfaced about a hard stop, uh, states to lose National Guard workers uh, amongst the, the pandemic. Um, so there's been a lot of concern with that. So overall, what's interesting about this is that the most of the news headliners have been pretty much as such. The Trump administration order ends deployments on June 24th, just one day before thousands will qualify for education and retirement benefits. So there's a difference between Title 32 and Title Th or Title 10 orders. So when you're on active duty you're, or you're deployed overseas, you typically are under a federal order, which is Title 10, versus Title 32. For those who are on state deployments, they don't necessarily accrue the same benefits that you would if you were active duty. So for a National Guardsman, what happens is is it takes a little it takes longer for you to accrue the same benefits than an active duty. So more than 40,000 National Guard members are currently helping states test, you know, uh, test residents uh, for coronavirus and trace the spread of infections. Um, so the fact that they're going to do a hard stop has um, caused, you know, cause for concerns just at the state level for those that are helping. And there's been some fear that um, by, you know, not extending those orders, one, it does a disservice to our first responders. And then it also puts states, you know, at a, uh, a lower capacity to then uh, provide services, whether, you know, they were tasked out to food banks or nursing homes or wherever they were assisting. So there's been some cause for concern to that. But my big thing as a, as a service member, and for someone who was never deployed, who does not have active duty Title X orders, I don't qualify for post-911 you know, GI Bill. I don't qualify for certain benefits. So the fact that there have been folks who have been you know, working nonstop since March when they were first called up, and yeah. now they're gonna be one day short to not have the benefits that they have earned is really, uh, a, 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 you know, for lack of a better word, it's an injustice to them. And I'm just, I'm taking that hard stance on that. And I think that in the upcoming weeks, there will be extensions of orders. But when we look at that bulk of individuals who are using Title III, or who are under, or who are still, are currently, excuse me, currently serving under federal orders, um, you know, that we're talking like 44 states, three territories, District of Columbia, or, you know, like it's the largest domestic deployment since Hurricane Katrina. And the fact that there are people that are not going to be able to utilize benefits after the, what I say, the 24th, 
Yeah. I don't know. It's just, it's not great. Yeah, it's it's not a great look for the DOD. Now, to, to give some context on it, if, if you've, for those that have been in the National Guard, you get like a thing at the end. It's like how many good days you have per year. Mm-hmm. The way we accrue leave and benefits and everything else in the National Guard is entirely different. This, the, the Politico article, which is where Ashley got a lot of this from, is... It's acting like this is unprecedented, and that's the one issue that I take with it. It's not unprecedented. This actually, if you look at it, it's happened with the National Guardsmen, particularly the National Guardsmen from Texas who were activated for the southern border when they we were guarding the southern border with National Guardsmen, and they would put them on orders for 79 days mm-hmm. or 89 days to just cut short of the 90s. And there were this had happened in Katrina, which is another example you brought up. And I've talked to some people who are like, if you go back and look at when it used to be 180 days, the orders used to be cut for 179. Now, I think that by the time this podcast is actually distributed, it'll have been corrected. I just don't think I don't think the you know, I don't think President Trump is the one to blame. I don't think he was like, yeah, cut him off at 89 days or whatever. This has the this smacks of the DOD, which is always trying to pinch pennies for reasons that don't really makes sense to me because the GI Bill benefits don't come out of the DOD budget. They come yeah. out of the VA budget. So you kind of think that the DOD would be like, all right, let's punt this over to the VA to worry about their budget issues. Jeff, what do you got on this one? Well, you, you kind of said what I was going to say. It just sounds like uh, sounds like somebody in an office somewhere with a calculator trying to figure out where they can save a few pennies. And I'm sure that there was I know it's DOD and VA, but I'm sure there's some uh, conversations that go on between the two. And it just really seems like they're they're taking advantage of other people's time Mm -hmm. and not wanting and not wanting to give them the compensation for the aforementioned time. So it's to me, that's that is that's the crux of the story. Is it's that just, it's it's bad cost cutting at the expense of of people who don't deserve to be targeted for cost cutting. Right. You you got to take care of your people. And what's interesting too is even with that ninety days of uh, accrued to qualify for the benefit, like great example for uh, GIville, you're only going to qualify for forty percent. So right. you would still owe the remainder amount with your benefits. So it's not like it's not going to be 100% of the GI Bill because a lot of National Guard, unless they have been deployed and they have uh, additional like Title 10 orders, you know, that all has to be, you know, combined it. So not all of these National Guard service members are going to have the same benefits. And also what's interesting is that each state has different um, incentive benefits. So like Ohio had 100% National Guard scholarship. So I could go to a state institution you know, and they would pick up my tuition, whereas other states, they'll pick up a certain percentage or they use federal tuition assistance. Right. Um, and um, what's interesting, too, is, the, you know, National Guard qualifies for 1606, which is uh, Montgomery Select Reserve GI Bill, which will pay you while you're going to school part time, full time or quarter time. So there's different benefits and there's a lot of things that. You know, folks just kind of umbrella when it comes to benefits, but National Guard typically kind of have like the short end of the stick because not all of us will get to deploy like myself eight years and I didn't deploy. 
Um, so there's like this assumption that like, if I'm going to school or going back to school, like I have those benefits, but for these folks, it's just, if I'm being on orders and I'm a frontline responder to COVID and I find out later on that like I missed out because of one day, I can guarantee you people aren't going to want to re-enlist. It's going to deter, you know, recruiters out there that are trying to bring talent into the national guard or reserves. It's just, um, it's unfortunate, I, and I think I think it'll it'll correct itself. But I know all too well, like my husband, he went to like NTC, and they used to they would cut his orders up three three ways, um, so he wouldn't ever get like that full month of BHA or basic housing allowance for folks that uh, don't know what that is. Um, but it happens more often than I like to admit. But yeah, like I said, it's it sounds like it's just all of that sounds like it could be summed up. They're targeting people for cost-cutting measures over and over again. And there's a history of doing it. And mm -hmm. it's uh, obvious that there's reason for skepticism that they're just gonna keep doing it. And potentially we need to make a stink. And maybe Ashley you should write a resolution to the National American Legion to take put a position on it. We, we're we'll we're going to- put it on my list. Challenge we, accepted. We have probably cause... weighed in on it by the time this is published, so. I, don't don't go drafting anything just yet. We we were working on well full support for my my guard folk out there because it's it's something that has to be addressed and it's it's gonna happen sooner or later and uh, what better time than now with all the other things that have been revealing themselves through the pandemic. Yep, so. agreed. All right. Well, you know nothing really symbolizes our resolve in difficult times quite like the U.S. flag. And the American Legion Emblem Sales is the nation's leading supplier of U.S.-made flags. Emblem Sales has outdoor flags, indoor flags, auto flags, flag pans, memorial flags, and more, including, uh, I think, Jeff's shirt and his uh, backdrop here. They're easy to online at emblem.legion.org or by calling toll-free 888-453-4466. Once again, 888-453-4466. And I will tell you, I ordered uh, like over $1,000 worth of flags last year for someone, for uh, a friend of mine who was putting them up at cemeteries. And Emblem Sales, uh, they, they move pretty quick in getting those out. So if you need some flags, go to Emblem Sales. All right, oh, we're going to go to... See, yeah. you forgot. Ashley has a flag, number one. Yes, she uh, does. And, yeah, it's the, and it's the right way now. So we... Yes. Well, you on YouTube. I completely blame my husband. Totally putting this on him. I, I asked him to put it up. I, I didn't trust, trust but verify, right? Yeah. And now, like, our first podcast picture was with that baby, like, reversed. And I'm like, oh, for the love of God. I was like, well, at least it looks like the patch on my shoulder when, like, I'm running with it, right? So I was like, okay, maybe you know it'll give me a hard time. And then I remember Jeff, he goes, hey, your flag's back. I literally walked into this office and I was like, oh, crap. So, <laughs> and it's been is this, because the flag, you know, you're supposed to have the, the stars on the left as you look at it. Right. Mm -hmm. Um which is how mine is, but now as people look at the video, it's backwards. The video, it's on yeah. the right. But if I stand up, turn around, if I walk into this room, the stars are on the left. So I mean, do do we cheat for the video or do we keep I, it real? Listen, I promise it is it is the right way. And like I I just I can't. I can't win. All right. Flag Day's in June, by the way. Right. Flag Day is coming up. June Be 14th, sure Army's from, birthday. Yep. Cool. I am from Emblem Sales. 
All right, topic two. We're going to go to you, Jeff, uh, and this is a topic we have talked about, but set us up here, brother. All right, man. I, I, I really admire all the people out there that take a lot of time and are acquiring new skills. There are people taking free online courses. There are people learning how to make sourdough starter. Apparently, it's all over my Facebook feed. Everyone's making sourdough. I still don't know how to make sourdough. Now, while I I'm appreciate not making sourdough. While I appreciate all of the education that people are doing, I watch a lot of TV. And a lot of TV, it means that uh, to be topical on this show, we're going to talk about our favorite military-themed programs. Now, I'm going to start with with my list uh, because I can. My number one show that's military-themed of all time is MASH. MASH has... Uh, it's an endless supply of, of of entertainment, and you can watch it twenty times a day. Probably still, it's probably the most uh, it's probably the most aired show on television of all time. Uh, my number two is Mail Call. I mean, there's nothing like listening to an old grizzly Marine Corps drill instructor read and answer some mail. That actually, his voice is so awesome. They made a whole show about him reading and answering mail. That's outstanding. And then my final, my final military-themed one, which is going to be challenged by Space Force. I don't know if, if my list is going to change, but it's currently Battlestar Galactica, both the old and the new. I love that show so very, very, very much. So that's my list. And I would say uh, I'm going to hand it over to Ashley and see what she's got. Okay, so don't hate me, but I don't watch a lot of military shows. I don't watch a lot of sci-fi. I'm kind of a comedy gal. Um, oh, I know. For those who can't see, he's just covering his eyes right now. I know, I'm terrible. So, um, oldie but a goodie. I have always liked the A-Team. Oh, yeah. um, I... So I know that was it was out before I was born. Let's just I'm gonna just yes we're gonna we're gonna bring that up now, okay? Actually, yeah. yeah. So I used to see reruns of it, um, and it's obviously like I haven't seen every episode, but I recall it, and I have definitely referred to like at one point my squad was the A team, so or my team and my squad were the A teams kind of thing. Um, but I really resonate with um, Murdoch. I don't know yeah. why he was just this crazy character that I just adored. They would just break him out, and there were always these crazy schemes. Um, Mr. T was awesome, um, and then um, it was Hannibal, Hannibal, right? Yeah. Um, and then the face. Uh, so there was just these, you know, what were they retired special forces or something like that? These army guys, and I was just like, uh, that's they cool. were they were a wall. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. they were, they were still yeah in. they were like these these uh, yeah. The, bizarre but yeah that's one of that's one of the ones i go to um and then also more recently i watched jack ryan with john is it i don't know if i'm going to say this correctly john kranitsky kranowski boston massachusetts i think it's kranzitsky kranzitsky because he's doing the uh the good news network show which is amazing yeah it is if anyone has seen that he's literally like follow him and watch all his awesome videos he just did uh like a wedding officiate ceremony and he brought like all the characters from the office to like do this mashup of the song where like Pam and Jim and they like came down and they all did that like 
I don't know, flash mob thing. Oh, it was crazy. But they all were on the different Zoom cameras and they were all like reenacting. Like Kevin had this the shoe box or the Kleenex boxes on his feet. Like um, what's her face had her cat, like all this craziness. But so I really loved him in the office. So I gave Jack Ryan a try and my husband was like, oh yeah, let's watch it. So, um, you know, we have a shared account. And so we watched this episode and we're like, wow, there's just all this stuff happening here to come find out. We watched the season finale of the full season because somebody else was on our account and that was the episode that was prompted for. So we watched and we're like, wow, we looked here. This is so intense. I can't wait to see the next episode. Like, I don't even know who these people are. Like, I'm just, oh, this is great. And then we're like, ah, crap. We watched the final episode. Well, at least we know what happened. So no. you watched Han- you watched an entire eight you missed the entire A team and only heard Hannibal say, I love it when a plan comes together. That's, <laughs> that's basically, basically what you what did, she with- did with yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what happened when I watched Jack Ryan. <laughs> I, I, I gotta yeah, admit that's I, exactly I broke, what happened. I broke out in a cold sweat when you talked about the A team because we have a uh, we had an American Legion media and communications happy hour about two weeks ago on Zoom. And so I was playing around with the thing and I figured out how to change my name. And I put in, I pity the fool. And, you know, like a good A-team reference. And then this past week, I had to make a lawyer phone call on Zoom. And mid-conversation with two (laughs) other guys, I realized that my name is I pity the fool. said I pity the fool. Uh, So as soon as you said A-team, I just, I was like, oh, bad memories. However, a good That's choice. Awesome. That's I'm like an go, awesome epic fail. Yeah, that was really doing really some lawyering, a, and you're not just like a, not a great look for me. I'm I mean, throwing myself on out. Like I'm I am a professional, with, uh, and no one is more professional than I. I'm gonna go with uh, my top three. I'm gonna start with Band of Brothers, uh, and it should be self-evident why. I think it's one of the greatest TV shows of all time. Absolutely loved everything about it. Second one I'm gonna go with is uh, some Marines Generation Kill. And one of the reasons I'm going to go with that one, I did love the TV show. I loved the book. Um, But the real reason I'm going with it is because one of the main characters in Generation Kill, the actual recon Marine, is married to my wife's best friend. Uh, Ray Josh Person, if you've ever watched Generation Kill, is a friend of mine. He and I went to the uh, Grand Canyon together a couple of years ago. Just a spectacular Mm. dude. If you have seen Generation Kill and a guy never stops talking, he is absolutely no different in real life never stops talking it's just a which is good because i don't really like to talk all that much my third one i'm going to go with and like jeff actually stole uh what i was thinking before i wimped out i was going to go with uh the tv show firefly just because that is my favorite show but the military related is a little tangential on that but i'm going to go with the uh uh amc tv show turn which if you've never seen it, deals with spies in the Revolutionary War. But one of the more uncomfortable things in that show is that season four deals with Benedict Arnold when he starts raising an American company and fighting against the colonials. And what was the unit that he raised called? The American Legion. People don't realize that, but yeah. I don't know how that didn't come up when we named the American Legion that, hey, this has been used and it was the unit that... uh, that uh, Benedict Arnold fought against the colonials with, but there you have it. Again, not not a great look that uh, they were named after that. Name, it was a name upgrade. 
Yeah. I'm just picturing you with your friend in the Grand Canyon and you trying to take and soak in the awe in your quiet, reserved way and your friend just like gabbing away and you wanting to just. Oh, it, it was. Well, but... I was there with 23 other wounded Marines and Navy personnel. Oh, wow. And what really made that trip special was when I came down with kidney stones on day seven oh. ten and had to be airlifted out of the grand canyon which was just hella fun let me tell you really nothing you better were just than... full of surprises yeah. and wow. the worst part was they couldn't they couldn't fly into where we were when the kidney stones hit and we had used up all the morphine ampules on me and so i had to ride on the boat another like three miles downstream before the helicopter pilot could get to me and i'll i will tell you that uh kidney stones grand canyon boat trips really not a great mixture. Wow. Really, really a, not a fun time. But what That's, an awesome brochure. Yeah. That was, yeah, yeah. What a. Well, the, the young lady that was the pilot of the rescue helicopter was phenomenal. I don't know how she got the plane. I don't know how she got the helicopter in there. And I know that the medic that oh, was wow. on board kept pushing the ketamine into me. And with the door open and the world just going topsy turvy, that was. That was a trip that uh, That's one heck of a ride. Yeah, yeah, was not wow. spectacular. Looking Thankfully, at the U.S. government did not send me another. They, sounds they like a TV a episode. That, like so. it sounds, it's that sounds wow. Yeah, I got the pictures. I can, I, I, I can unfortunately. Family, family. That Our one. trip to the Grand Canyon. Right. Yeah. Here you go. Well, that was even better when I got to the hospital in. Uh, Oh, I can't even remember what the name of the town, Flagstaff. And unfortunately, Flagstaff is at an elevation well above that of Indiana. And so they put the little oxygen meter on my finger and there was no way that I could get my oxygen level up high enough that it wouldn't beep. So that every time I fell asleep, it started beeping. So oh after about gosh. 16 hours in the hospital, I just checked myself out, went to a local hotel and came back every morning. But it was brutal, brutal. <laughs> So at some point she's like, "Yeah, I'm just I'm gonna leave. I'm gonna come back in my convenience, kidney stones." It, well, you like, know, I had to I had to call back to the Legion and say, "Oh, hey, by the way, I'm stuck in Flagstaff. I can't fly." That was a great conversation. They, they were big fans of that. It, on top of my taking this trip to write for the American Legion magazine, I'm also spending a couple extra days in Flagstaff. Crazy. All right, topic wow. three. <laughs> So uh, today, as I was going through, um, I do uh, daily news clips for the American Legion, and uh, we have this day in American Legion history. And today's was fairly interesting. It was uh, talking about a Wall Street Journal article. And this article was written uh, in May 19, 1971, so 49 years ago. The American Legion or the Wall Street Journal published an article quoting critics who described the American Legion as slowly fading away, an anachronism, an echo from a past left far behind. And it talked about how we're losing influence and we were struggling to recruit Vietnam War veterans for membership. Now, 18 years later, in 1989, the American Legion would begin a seven year stretch of membership exceeding three million, fueled largely by increases in Vietnam War veterans. So I want to put it out to you guys. You know, we see this article pop up every now and again, how the American Legion's dying. It's just old people in a bar. I don't think it's any more true today than it was 49 years ago. Um, I think largely it's driven by the fact that younger people don't necessarily have the free time to invest in 
organizations like the American Legion or the Moose or the Elks or anybody else. Ashley, what's your thought on this? And, and what is the prognosis, do you think, for the American Legion in the future? I think that we're going to we're going to be strong. I don't think that we have much to worry about. It's interesting. Um, and I'll reference, I don't know who has ever watched King of the Hill since we're on TV show yeah. topics, but there is an episode where Hank's dad, World War II vet, um, you know, service disabled. He's just this, you know, crotchety kind of character. Um, and he's, he's a cool guy, but um, they're World War II vets and they're having this like picnic and they're trying to recruit Vietnam vets. And the dialogue um, sounded so familiar to the things that I hear, you know, now Vietnam veterans, Gulf War veterans saying about post 9-11. And I think that there is kind of there's a pattern. Right. And I think you brought up a great point that there are a lot of um, veterans right now, post 9-11 generation that are in the middle of you know, and enjoying the, their family or they're, you know, still active in their careers or they're just getting started in their careers. Um, you know, they're in, you know, their late 20s, they're in their 30s and they're just trying to get a, a grip on life. Right. So from a volunteer perspective, like sometimes it can be a bit overwhelming. We have great programs. We have all of these things, um, but the camaraderie's there. And I think that has been a key stone in all of the things that we do and continue to do. So I, I don't fear that the Legion is going to lose its relevance because, you know, we are doing everything that we can to, to reach out to the post 11 generation. And there are other subgroups that are, um, you know, that are, are seeing, you know, see a need, fill a need. Right. So yep. as someone who is, you know, a, a younger veteran, I, I love the Legion. I love everything the Legion's been able to do for me from a network perspective um, and all the programs that we have. And I think that buy-in's going to come at different times for, for different veterans. Yeah. I, I think uh, listening to that article, it reinforces the fact that it reinforces a couple of facts. Number one, these issues are never unique. When mm -hmm. Any, when, any, when any large group is coming up, they feel like they aren't being heard and they feel like, yeah, I may have just got here, but I should run things. <laughs> there's always yeah. that. And then, oh. there's the group that's, then there's the group that's been there. There's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Hold, you're adorable, but slow <laughs> down. And it's interesting that in my post, you know, we just had our, we just had our elections and, and somebody, remarked to me that because we're basically younger in that that are in that are uh in the leadership and someone said to me that they think all these young people they've forgotten about the older generation so we have this interesting juxtaposition where it's it's we're having the opposite conversation and i have to spend a lot of time thinking about the older generation but some of the narrative that I I don't like now and probably wouldn't have liked then is this generation war kind of rhetoric where mm -hmm. you got to let us take over. And then the other ones are like, we're, you're not taking over. You got to earn your keep or whatever. And I think, and I think what Ashley said is, or no, I don't remember who said it. You both said it, but I think it's true that people who have jobs are not going to be able to be 
the national commander. It's just not a thing. You travel all the time. It's uh, for like three years. Yeah, you're not. It's not a thing unless you're independently wealthy and you can afford to leave your life for, as, as Stevie said, three years. So these people who complain all the time, we need somebody under insert age to be the national commander. I just say, like, why? Like, it, it's it's a it's it's a it's a thing that is totally time consuming. You don't have time to do it. And somebody else does. And hopefully, let's just say this, you'll get there. Yep. I mean, I don't want to be national commander, but I think uh, <laughs> if I did, I'd be like, I'll get there. I, yeah. I, I, I can't imagine anything worse than being a national commander. I'll say that, frankly. <laughs> I, the, the fact that you have to be on the road for three years just meeting new people, th- that gives me chills. Like, I just, <laughs> no. Ready to no. curl up with your Revolutionary no. War yeah. no, binge-watching Netflix. Right. I, I would rather lay in bed with my weighted blanket feel it, making me feel <laughs> comfortable. But, you know, like... Uh, as, as we noted, um, 1992, our membership hit 3.1 million, and that was largely driven by Vietnam. I, I don't need to do the math for you. 92 is 17 years after the war ended. Mm-hmm. We are not there yet. Like, I do believe that the the era of the GWAT, OEF, OIF guy is coming. But, it, I mean, it's, it's going to take time. Now, we see some young commanders out there, both department and you know post commanders and everything else and i think it's great but again i don't think there's as big a difference between veterans as there are you know era veterans i think a, if you take your average gwat veteran and you compare them to a world war ii we got a lot more in common with them than we do with civilians i would say i know that my rapport with the older generation of veterans is a lot stronger than anyone you know with any other group of people so yeah i, I second what mm-hmm. jeff said our time will come yeah all right, uh, as I throw my papers here around, um, at, at any one time, more than 3,000 American Legion service officers are assisting veterans with their VA claims and other benefits. And each year, the American Legion's Temporary Financial Assistance Program pays cash grants to military and veteran families with minor children at home when unexpected financial disaster strikes and basic needs are threatened. Since 1925, the American Legion has provided funds for both purposes, to help disabled veterans and to support children. Those are two of our major, you know, pillars of this organization. Those funds come through the donation-dependent American Legion Veterans and Children's Foundation. You can learn more or make a charitable contribution at legion.org forward slash donate. And I will say that as an employee, there has been fewer things as gratifying as the effort we put into last year with the Coast Guard. When the Coast Guard did not get paid and it happened to coincide, uh, you know, the Coast Guard didn't get paid, we put it out to the Coast Guard and said, if you need help, come to us through our temporary financial assistance. We got thousands and thousands and thousands of applications sent in. And it was so much that they put out a sort of all Legion headquarters notification that said if you can help sort through these and find out which ones are you know can be granted let us know and it happened that it it fell over a weekend where we had snow days and nobody can make it in and i remember trudging down to national headquarters in the middle of a blinding snowstorm to pick up more of these tfa applications and i've never been as grateful for both what the legion could do for everyone else and for the fact that people were donating, we put so much time and money into it. 
That's a really great feeling. Uh, and as far as service officers, not a day goes by that I don't hear about someone in need uh, of VA benefits. And if you've never done VA benefit, it is an incredibly Byzantine process and you do need help doing it the right the first time. So uh, think about uh, the, you know, the Children Veterans uh, Foundation. And again, it's legion.org forward slash donate. All right, we are now going to our rapid fire. And we're going to start off with an article near and dear to my heart. And that's beer. This is from a, uh, a, a Stripes, Stars and Stripes article. I'm just going to read it to you here. Tapping into a beer rating app allowed researchers to track military and intelligence personnel, including some who checked in at a military base that hosts a CIA training facility known as The Farm. Users have untapped a smartphone app for beer lovers also posted photos that showed debit cards, military ID cards, location of fighter jets, and possibly sensitive military documents. The open source research and investigative journalism belling cat reported monday this reminds me of the whole uh the smartphones app where they were tracking people mm -hmm. and some 16 year old kid in australia was like gee i wonder where the air base is located in iraq and he had the entire map but jeff what do you think about untapped well i i actually use untapped so oh, um, all right i'm a beer nerd and i love beer and as you say it's in your heart it's in my gut so um <laughs> I, I, I'm so, I'm so curious about all of this because it's happening at a place that, you know, most of us don't know anything about like the farm. So to think that someone, to think that someone would check in there is, is hilarious to me, but I, I partly think it's on purpose. I think someone's there getting a buzz and creating a buzz. See what I did there? No. That is, that is well <laughs> I told you, Jeff, and I, I'm still pretty certain that this is all part of a CIA operation, that it's like the MK Ultra. That somewhere out there, they're brewing this beer to take over mind control. And I mean, I'm all for it. I'd like, you know what? Deliver your mind control beer to my house, because right now I, I'm already out of my mind. I might as well get the beer to go with it. Ashley, thoughts? <laughs> I just, it, I, I love the title of this. It says Hopsec instead of Opsec. I just thought that was so clever. Yeah. So, so clever. I mean, I, I love, I love beer. I'm just going to throw that out there. Um, I like beer and I like cigars. So, you know, yeah, I know. Oh, look at your face. You, what? Yeah. There's some really cool cigar bars here in DC. Uh, I don't do it often, but I like it anyway. So, love like craft brews i do not use the app i'm very tempted now to check out the app <laughs> however now with the obviously with the information given i don't know if i should um but just hi god head over to head it, over it, to uh it's CIA got like, and see if you can get in yeah i feel like you're okay if you don't check in yeah i mean like i you know so don't check in to places, people. Like it's just, it's like the same concept when people go on vacation and then they post about being on vacation, and they're like, "Oh, hey, we're headed, we're gone for like a month. Like, bye." 
And then they like check in at all these places and people know they're not home. And then they come home and they realize they're robbed or somebody is monitoring that. Like there's chatbots. There's all these things out there. So the fact that Untapped shows nearly 600 unique visitors on what is it? The, how do you pronounce it? Robinstein Air, Air Force Base page who has rated more than 2,600 beers, not including other establishments on base that have their own pages. Like I just... You know, I've sat in a lot of briefings about OPSEC people, <laughs> and the internet is a scary, scary thing. I mean, Google, great example. I went, I, I'm an avid bike rider. My husband and I go on bike rides, and we did the entire Northeast Quadrant, and it was about like 12, 15 miles. And my husband was like, oh, man, I forgot to turn on the, the track. And I said, that's no problem. Just go up to Google Maps. And he then realized that he could go all the way back to September and he could see like everywhere he's been, even when he did like a loop around in Ohio and it said he traveled like 106 miles by car. And I was like, yeah, no, they track everything. Yeah. And he's just like, what? And I'm like, you're supposed to be the tech guy. Like, not me. What? That's why I don't check into places. You're, you're just smoking cigars and drinking beer. You're not, right. you don't have time for tech. Yeah, I don't got time for that. <laughs> I'm trying to do me. Okay. Like I'm trying to have me time, chill time. I don't mm -mm, no. <laughs> Would be a well, sight though. Me on a me on my bike with a cigar. <laughs> yeah. With, with fun facts people. Photoshop here. I can't wait to get them. Yes. <laughs> right. Uh, Naval Academy graduation is going to be a virtual graduation and commissioning. Uh, Secretary of Defense Mark Esper will give the pre-recorded keynote address to the Naval Academy class of 2020. I'm going to let you guys weigh in, but I'm going to flat out say there's nothing I hate more than a graduation ceremony in general. I didn't even go to my own law school graduation because I don't want anything to do with that. And I say that as a guy who is uh, being strong armed by his wife to go to take my daughter out to ice cream tonight because she graduated from preschool. Oh it seems a bit much. We're celebrating the fact that for three hours, twice a week, she sat on the heart that had her name on it. It just... You know, it's, I mean, I'll do it because it's my daughter and literally I would do anything, but <laughs> virtual graduation, Jeff, what do you think about this one? It's, I want to make fun of it so bad, but uh, I feel like this is, this is the times that we're living in and, and it's the, uh, it's the Naval Academy, right? Yeah. So I feel like they have a lot of Marines in there who are doing the whole adapt, improvise, overcome because they're getting to their mission even though, even though the situation, somebody got that sit rep and said, we got to, we got to, we got to change up our, our uh, strategy a little bit and they're getting it done. Now, uh, the other academies are, are trying to do it live, but they have all these, I saw a cool picture, all these people spaced all apart and sitting in a chair, like you can't, you can't whisper to your neighbor. You'd have to yell over to them. Yeah. So it's, it's like you're, it's like you're waiting for a flash mob. Like you're like you're waiting for right. them to just like spring out of their chairs and the music to go on and they're all going to choreograph and merge together or something. Jeff, so what, I, what percent of those uh, Marines that are getting uh, that are getting commissioned will be wearing pants? Oh, zero. Right. I mean, it, it, like, it, it, you get SpongeBob <laughs> boxers and maybe you're like you know you're just <laughs> top. Like, like no one's ever going to know. Like zero. And it's interesting that they're doing it. They're doing things virtual on that level. And the conversations that we're having um, at American Legion posts are, 
what are we supposed to do? I mean, I know we've done, we've had, we've had virtual meetings. Our writers had a virtual patching in of new members. Um, we're going to actually do what we're trying to do an induction next month. We're going to see how that works. But the, the thing is, is you kind of have to think out of the box right now if you don't want things to just come to a grinding halt. And mm -hmm. I, I applaud what they've what they're doing and on both i mean i don't have a favorite they can do it virtually or they can space people out i do kind of want to see a i do kind of want to see a grid video of people tossing their hats though because yeah. by themselves in a room just <laughs> and it bounces off the ceiling it comes back down and it <laughs> knocks knocks their webcam over Again, and like, not oh. a great look not a great look especially when you're not wearing pants ashley what do you think about virtual graduations you know, I I think that there are different milestones and different milestones mean different things to people. Uh, I know that I went to, you know, my graduations for, for college, for my master's. Yes, it was incredibly boring, like sitting there, right? Um, would I do that for my second master's, even my doctorate? I probably will opt out. But I think it's it's celebratory and it means something to each individual. Yep. Um, and I think... Whether you want to participate or not, um, I think it's a form of expression. Yeah. Um, and like even the picture here that's um, in the article, like it looks very kind of movie-esque, like, like super futuristic. Like it looks really bizarre. But at the end of the day, like, you know, each individual sitting in that seat, like that means something to them. And instead of not um, acknowledging the victory or the milestone or the celebratory, you know, excitement. I don't know. I just, I think it's, I think it's important for us to celebrate in our own ways and whether that's, yep. you know, wearing our underwear, you know, when we telework, or whatever we're doing, like, I don't know. I went from not wearing pants to now we're not wearing underwear. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I mean, that sounds yet. super silly, but like, you know, I, I especially I've had a few friends who have graduated like Columbia uh, University and um, some other places too, Ooh. like husband and wife, and like I know I'm serious. Like I've, no, I know I... some husbands and wives who are graduating with their bachelors together. Yeah. I was supposed to go to uh, a friend's get together um, this past, I think it was this past weekend, and I was going to go and visit, but obviously I can't. So, so with all of that, what do you think about the virtual aspect? Because that's kind of the story. Do you think it? Could you talk about the experience of the milestone? Do you think having it virtual? I don't think virtual? it's the same. It's definitely not the same. I, I, I'm flat out the same, but you know, at least it's a partial. You know, I don't even like. I don't even like the hour and a half to two hours we have to spend in virtual, largely because this room is so small and it has no air conditioner. So when I melt like a chocolate Easter bunny here in about five <laughs> minutes, you'll know. But it's like I. I I can't get into the virtual thing. Like I, I would like to, and you're right. I mean, it's a big moment. Graduating from the U.S. Naval Academy is, I mean, that's got to be top five moment of your life. But yeah. I just don't know that I could sit. Like at the end of the day, if you're still sitting in your chair in your living room, it's just to me, it's like I'm sitting in my chair at the living room. But yeah, it just comes down to experience, right? Yeah. Like you know. When you're in that time and place, you can kind of be present and embrace that. But I think when you're in the virtual sense, like it doesn't like you just feel removed from it. Yep. 
And Jeff, did you go to your preschool? Did you go to your preschool graduation, Ashley? You know what? Would I go to my? Would I? Did you? What's did the you? question? Did, did I go, go to, to my preschool, preschool graduation? <laughs> you know what? I remember my kindergarten graduation, and I got to march around the rug, and I got to dress up as one of the letters of the alphabet. And you know what letter I had? A. Yes. Guess, yeah. Jeff. No, it wasn't M. <laughs> 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 it was not M. It was D. <laughs> it was Jeff Bailey. I get it. Nice. Yeah, it was a D, and I wore a shirt that had donuts on it. I, I, I literally. That's what I wore for my kindergarten graduation, and I felt proud. For those who can't see my face right now, full pride right now. I, uh, I it's don't... like cereal box killer. I, I yes. can't believe you remember that part, Jeff. Keep uh, keep keep a note on how many people check into Untapped uh, that are future Marines immediately after or even during, because if some of those guys getting commissioned are also on Untapped at the same time, you know there's shenanigans going on. Shenanigans. Let's go to well, shenanigans is actually a bar in Leesburg, Virginia, well, that I got sworn into the army in right before I went to Afghanistan. I had, I I had to. I had to be. You got sworn in at a bar. I had to be on the the unit MTO list by a certain day, and it was the day before, and I was actually still a civilian. So to get in the position, I had to be sworn in. You only have to be sworn in by a commissioned officer of the military. So I called my commander from Bosnia, and he was like, "Where do you want to meet?" And I was like, "Shenanigans Bar in Leesburg," and he came down. And I was sworn in to the army and shenanigans in Leesburg. So much about you yeah, today, and it's, I it's, love I'm it. A, These I'm stories. I'm a font of uh, useless stories. All right, Jeff, let's go to this last one, which I know you had shared with me because you and I were kind of giggling about it. But we talked last time about special forces and their I get the the failed coup in Venezuela, and then today we get another special forces soldier acting badly. This is a story from Reuters out of Boston, Massachusetts, the sweetest smelling city in the country. U.S. authorities on Wednesday arrested a former Special Forces soldier and another man wanted by Japan on charges that they enabled the escape of former Nissan Motor Company boss Carlos Gosen out of the country. So now we've got Special Forces guys uh, working like escape and evasion from Japan. Jeff, what, what do you think about this one? I, I love the fact that this is two episodes in a row where we're talking about special forces fail and kind of what I, not special forces, but ex special forces are actual special forces doing actual special forces missions are, they don't fail or we no. don't hear about it if they do. So it's funny that it's funny that we started the show talking about the A team because they never failed. No. And maybe these guys need to do a little research and watch uh, Mr. T and all of the rest of them have a plan come together because these guys, they're, I think they're just taking the money and going in and thinking everybody else is so inferior that they'll be able to get, get away with this stuff. And it's, it's clearly dangerous. And it's, it's, it's clear that Hannibal and the face were doing things because that was a documentary, right? Yeah. Yeah, the, 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 the most amazing thing was they never really hurt anybody either. Like, you know, they never really, you know, there was nobody ever killed in the A-team. Just amazing the way they pulled that off. I, yeah, I just think, and these guys meddling in foreign interests 
is uh, is not okay, and you're not going to get backing because the United States isn't going to go. Ah, let him go. It's fine. We endorse that. So yeah, just not smart. No. <laughs> I love the special forces. I have always flat out said, I I put SF at the the, the tippy top above the Navy SEALs, above everybody. Green Beret is my absolute favorite. And I'll be all, and they are not having a good two weeks here. Not not good at all. All right. Wait, I'm confused. All those things you mentioned are special forces. Well, that's why right now they're not looking great. They're not they're not looking good. It's it's a it's a down week. It's like being a Patriot fan the day that Tom Brady announced he was going to Tampa Bay. I know the feeling. Not not great. All right, let's uh, wrap it up here. Jeff's shout-outs for today. I'm going to shout-out the West Los Angeles VA and our our local Chapter 43 riders because they had a whole Salute to Heroes thing, and it started out as something real small. They were going to go and appreciate and clap for the doctors and and the nurses and all of the, the people working there, and it turned into this huge event like our riders got involved they had flyovers they had uh lapd and the fire department all came out and it was this big loud raucous celebration and it became of all frontline of all frontline heroes in this fight against covid and i think in a city like los angeles where we're so separated and it's such a huge thing to watch all of this come together not just logistically but uh with people coming together and something that was positive and nobody had anything to argue about uh, because it was such um, such a good thing to cherish and honor that I thought it was a fantastic moment. Ashley. So I wanted to give a shout out. Um, so the National Cemeteries Administration um, has announced, you know, with upcoming with Memorial Day, and I know that there are going to be a lot of folks that are going to be altering what would be some of their normal traditions on this day. Um, and I wanted to just kind of give a like a shout out because um, they've, of course, they've been partnering with Carry the Load. For those of you who don't know, Carry the Load, um, they are an amazing organization. Um, their mission is pretty much to restore the, you know, the true meaning of Memorial Day and it's grown to include, you know, military heroes and it's just, it's more than just one holiday. Um, but carry the load has been doing some amazing things. I know it was founded, I think 2011 and their goals is really to raise awareness for those who sacrifice, uh, for us daily by providing Americans an active way to remember, honor and, uh, celebrate them. So they not only raise funds, uh, and distribute to nonprofit partners, um, but there, of course, are again and always have been partnering with the VA, and will be continuing to be putting flags. Um, so I know that it's obviously with the pandemic, there's been some some obviously you know CDC situations reducing large groups, um, but as of right now, you know there's still um, that inspiration for patriotism, and you know we just want to make sure that um, folks continue to you know, be mindful of not only the obvious situation going on, but for those that are continuing to support um, those ceremonies, even though they might be, um, you know, seldom and 
not open to the public, know that, that, that they're happening and that just be mindful as you're, as you're visiting the cemeteries. Um, but for everyone who's, who's working on those projects to, um, accommodate and make things happen. So like carry the load, um, national cemetery administration. So, um, yeah, that's, that's what I wanted to give a shout out to. Um, yeah, and even though this will uh, come out after Memorial Day, um, we are recording this before Memorial Day. And as mm -hmm. always, uh, we're thinking about all those that we've lost. Um, I had four in particular that, uh, you know, there's probably 20, uh, 30 that I think about on Memorial Day. Uh, the ones I really want to mention, uh, Bobby Beasley and Craig Cherry, uh, they were two guys in the 29th Infantry that served with me in Afghanistan. They were killed on August 7, 2004. Um, it, it, it warms my heart to know that the two guys that we lost from my unit, that we lost in combat, they were killed on the exact same day that my twins were born, um, which to me seems like sort of a, you know, it's a nice thing. We suffer this loss of two people, uh, two wonderful, wonderful guys who served in the military and you know, I, I had twins on the same day, and I hope someday they follow their dad's footsteps and go into the military, but it's always really nice. And uh, the other two that I want to specifically name are because I am friends with their mothers, the Gold Star Mothers. First is uh, PFC Sergio Abad from Morganfield, Kentucky. He was in the 2nd Battalion, 503rd Infantry, 173rd out of Vincenza. And the other is Army Specialist Stephen Mace of Lovettsville, Virginia. He was in the 3rd Squadron of 61st Cav, 4th uh, Brigade. He he uh, he was killed in the Battle of Cop Keating uh, with the movie The Outpost that's coming up. Uh, Stefan was yeah. was the, the last man killed in that. He actually expired on the helicopter. So my thoughts and prayers are out to the families of everyone who's, who's lost someone. And, uh, hey, we're there with you. Uh, we wish you the best. Absolutely. So, folks. That's it here from uh, Legion headquarters. Stay safe, stay home, stay happy, and Legion on. Guys, I will be seeing you in another two weeks. Bye.